Seltzer Kings Podcasts. Hey, are you into werewolves, mad sciences, and a little bit of witchcraft? Then stay tuned for an all-new episode of Watch Corner. We're riding this train straight into the sun. Woo! Tune in to a classic episode of Watts Corner on the Seltzer Kings Network. Available on all podcast platforms. The following podcast contains... Only I didn't say fudge. And for gosh sake, watch your language. Watch your profanity. Right, I'm sorry. Explicit language. Hello and welcome to the podcast that asks a simple question. When you voted for a feral weasel in a human skin suit, what the hell were you thinking? I'm your host, Dave Bledsoe, and this is a Friday, January 15th, 2016, Canadian Faken edition of the show, where we talk about the latest contender for Trump's thorny crown, Raphael Edward Cruz, so stay tuned. The What the Hell Were You Thinking podcast is brought to you in part by Tom's Texas Training. Are you an effete East Coast intellectual with a conservative bent and no real connection to rural valued voters? Tom's Texas Training Amarillo Immersion can have you walking in cowboy booted walk and talking the Jesus infused talk in just under 30 days. No matter if you're a Yale educated scion of Maine or a Harvard Law School Canadian, Tom will Texas the shit out of you. If you are not elected in a conservative landslide, your money is returned. Tom's Texas training, it's even better than being born there. But Ted's life has been far from easy. Ted was born with a goddamn stupid looking face. Growing up, I was always trying to hide my face. I figured out pretty early that it made people irrationally angry. I mean, even right now, it looks like you're smirking. I'm not. Ted says he's been denied jobs because employers assumed he's a smug, know-it-all prick. Ted was even hospitalized for two days after a woman in a department store pushed him down an escalator, saying that she couldn't help herself. I got called every name. Uh, Dick Nose, Idiot Face. Dumbo, Uggo, Ass Face. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I would ask God, why me? But, you know, at some point I realized I know... I'm not a total dick, and people will either accept me for me or not. We are just weeks away from the beginning of voting for Decision 2016, which, according to the latest geological data, began roughly at the dawn of the Holocene era and continues unabated until long after our sun has become a cold, dim ball suddenly stewing in its own failed fusion. We here at the show would like to take a moment to remember those we lost in 2015. Minnesota Governor Scott Walker, who found that he needed money to run for president. Texas Governor Rick Perry, who finally remembered the third thing, and it was 2012 was as good as he was ever going to do. New York Governor George Pataki, when he learned no one knew he was even running. Louisiana Governor Bobby Jindal, who his name is Bobby. It was never going to happen. It's never going to happen, even unless it's Kennedy. Senator Lindsey Graham, who left because of the case of the vapors. We'd like to add Senator Rand Paul, who has not dropped out, but continues on purely out of spite. And Dr. Ben Carson, who only remains in the race because no one is able to get him into a meeting to tell him that it's over. There has been too much violence, too much pain. Just walk away, and I spare you lives. Just walk away. 
and there will be an end to the horror. Over in the ICU ward, we have the euthanasia candidates, Christy, Fiorina, Kasich, Huckabee, and for some reason, Santorum. <laughs> I read an article on Slate today that it was now safe to Google his name. I beg to differ, Rick. There's no reason why any of these candidates can reasonably assume that they will win. But to be fair, there never was. And more than a few pundits, by the way, would like to add Jab's name to that list. But I say you'll hang on to at least Super Tuesday and finally hear that voices carry. We're thinking about switching from 80s TV shows to 80s pop hits for 2016. So hit us up on Facebook and Twitter and let us know what you think. Unless what you think is don't do any of it, in which case just keep that shit to yourself. No, the show is about the Republican primary voters and their rather narrowed field. On the side of the sensible party, you now have legitimately Marco Rubio. Uh, you have Ted Cruz, who is the representative of the silly party. And for the very silly party, you have Donald Trump. Now, we've talked and talked and talked about Trump. And you could say a lot of things about Marco Rubio, but one thing you cannot say is that he's funny. So this week, we get to do a deep dive on Canada's favorite son, the pride of Calgary, the potentate of poutine, the freshman senator from the great state of Texas, and three times voted most likely to get nut-punched on the Senate chamber floor, Raphael Edward Cruz. Now, I know Ted has some problems with my New York values. And unlike Trump, I'm not going to invoke 9-11 to defend my adopted hometown. What I will do is point out that New York City has problems. But yeah, so does small town America there, Ted. I mean, you've got joblessness, poverty, prescription medication addiction. It is so bad out in the flyover that grandma has to lock up her meds in the case that she used to keep her gun in before Bubba Jr. stole it so he could buy Oxy. So don't come to me about my values when fucking small town American values ain't so hot themselves. To put it in a more fucking New York fashion, hey, fucking Ted Cruz, you don't like my values? Suck on this. Where, where do we even begin with Ted Cruz? I mean, I guess that we should begin where most people begin. Hit that director in the face really fucking hard. Seriously, man, until that Martin Shrikeli kid came along, I couldn't even imagine a face more punchable. There's just everything about Cruz just screams. I want you to be with everything you got. I want you to fucking lay me out. Go ahead. His voice, his expression... The way you know he doesn't believe what he's saying, but that he knows the morons he's talking to do believe. I'm constantly surprised that people don't just run up and belt him one right in the chops. And the only reason this doesn't happen is that my strong suspicion is that he carries a gun and lets everyone know it right up front. Now... Cruz vaulted to fame during the rise of the T-Tards in 2012 when he took a little-known but politically powerful position as Texas Solicitor General, a position we can only imagine involves the procurement of prostitutes for people in the Texas government. I'm sorry, I'm being told. Uh, the reading here is that it has something to do with the law. So basically, my first assumption was right. He parlayed that into a successful run for the open Texas Senate seat. 
all of this in spite of the overwhelming evidence that Ted Cruz is in fact a mammal of the genus Mustela of the family Mustelidiae, which includes weasels, polecats, stoats, ferrets, and minks. Debate continues on exactly which species the senator best conforms to, but I am strongly in the European polecat camp. Polecats are not really cats at all. They're masked members of the weasel family, closely related to the ferret, in fact. In that Ted demonstrates a more compact body, a powerfully built skull, and is notably less agile than a common American weasel. That, and, and you know he's Canadian. Now, I know it's kind of a cheap shot to lob insinuations that a politician you dislike and disagree with is actually a small, predatory creature most commonly associated with creeping into a chicken coop and snatching a broody hen. If this were a higher quality podcast, you might expect something better, but it's not, so you shouldn't. And I, I am not alone in despising Raphael for just being Raphael. It didn't take long for his fellow senators, the genteel members of Congress, to develop an, an opinion on Texas' newest addition to their august body. I don't know. There's just something about him. Something around the house. No. I'm sure of it. I hate him. And Ted claims that he likes the pure fact that most of his colleagues would not piss up his asshole if his bowels were on fire. But that's just the sort of things people say when they're secretly hurt by everyone's scorn. But I personally remain unconvinced he possesses any other emotion other than just unvarnished ambition. Now, Ted's colleagues noted right off the bat that he marched to a beat of his own drum, and those drums sounded suspiciously like the ones on the back of a slave galley you always see in those old Roman gladiator movies. Back in his first year in the Senate, he tucked a provision into the annual spending bill that repealed Obamacare that never had a single chance of passing, and he shut down the government for 16 days. The ensuing shitstorm was Hell for the Republican Party completely damaged their reputation. It was expensive for the country and very good for Ted Cruz. Whoa. What a dick. Oh, yes. Cruz was, to the long-term Republicans, the new guy who shows up on his first day, has no idea what the company even fucking makes, and then starts telling everyone about how his novel method for producing black rubber dicks is superior to how the rubber dick craftsmen, who've only been making obscenely sized latex phalluses for years, were previously producing their dongs. Instead of trying to win over the line foreman like, you know, you do, this guy goes up to the boss's office and just kisses his ass. Because you know Murray was never about making the dicks, he was always about selling them. And then, boom, the entire dick plant is shut down when the molds blow out because they told Ted the Throbinators cannot exceed nine inches, but he didn't listen. Now the production deadlines are missed, the entire dick factory gets shut down, and move to China, everyone loses their job, except Ted, who's already leveraged his innovative ideas to a fleshlight distributor in Omaha, and fuck you, Ted, these guys were depending on these dicks to feed their family, now they all have to get jobs at Walmart. Fuck, that story took a weird turn somewhere else. What I'm trying to say is that Ted did not win any friends with his behavior in the Senate. Some in Congress think that Ted shows a bit of an ego. I'd like to repeat that. Some in Congress think Ted shows a bit of an ego. You're a pretentious asshole. I think that's some of the words they use. 
In these United States, there are two vanity poles. There's one on the West Coast, which draws beautiful people to Hollywood, where they're showered with adoration and money, and the other is on the East Coast, it's in Washington, D.C., drawing the less attractive who bitterly resent all the attention the pretty people received. For any member of either pole to call out a specific individual for being too vain is like playing basketball with a retarded kid and calling him for double dribble. I stole that from Chris Rock, so settle down, don't send me hate mail. Yet somehow Raphael manages to rise to the challenges of being a bigger asshole than the people surrounding him. After all, for what other reason would the man speak for 21 straight hours on a vote that could actually not be filibustered? But there he was, Sam I Am. And you know what? He's a dick. I mean... Over and above, I mean, I've been calling him a dick all night, but he is a dick. Calling out a politician, particularly a T-tard politician, for being a dick might seem a little redundant, but Rafael Edward Cruz has a rep for being a total dick. In Washington, it's okay to stab another politician in the back, but never look him in the eye while you do it. It's written right there into the bylaws. But Cruz takes this special glee in walking up to another Republican, staring him in the eye, and just shoving the shank right in. He once called the Republican leadership the most effective Democrat leaders we've ever seen. You dick! He wrote an entire book essentially shitting on the Republican Party and casting himself as sort of a Mr. Smith goes to Washington and burns it to the fucking ground. I have something to say. It's better to burn out than to fade away. <laughs> While Every other Republican in Washington were just running around with a garden hose trying to put out his beautiful, beautiful flames. It's so bad that most of the Republican Senate actively despises him. I'm going to rip the eyes out of your head and piss at your dead skull. You fucked with the wrong Marine. I, I believe that's uh, Senator John McCain quoted from the congressional record. Uh, Cruz has been publicly chided by the Senate leadership and senior Republican senators for his vanity, his flouting of process, and for his using the Senate as a vehicle for his personal ambitions. No, no, really. One of the reasons he's so intensely disliked is he openly uses the Senate and the Congress in general to promote his ambition to be president. No one, no one is in the Senate without at least some ambition to be president, but it's very bad form to ever acknowledge this. President Obama, another one-term senator, was equally as ambitious, equally thirsty, as the kids call it today, to be president, but he kept that shit on the down low. And But from the second Rafael Edward Cruz hit the Senate floor, he began manipulating the body and the government for his own benefit, right out in the open, where people could see it. It's like taking a shit. Everyone does it, but Ted is copying a squat right in front of everyone. Ew, seriously? That is so gross. And by and large, it's worked. 
Ted is very appealing to that slice of the Republican base, base known as the values voters. You know, the people that would very much like to force everyone in America to adhere to their values. Cruz strikes a real chord with the white Christian rural voter who feel deeply that America is losing its place in the world, that Sharia law is only seconds away from being installed on top of the Constitution, and the gays are going to snatch their children right out of Sunday school and take them off to learn ballroom dancing and interior decorating. Raphael, with his thin slime of snake oil salesman charm, sleazy televangelist magnetism, and veneer of artificial intentiveness that so much resembles every small-town politician in middle America who ever built the county treasury right before making off with his secretary is pure red, white, and blue heroin to the dim bulbs in the American heartland. When he stands up and promises to carpet bomb ISIS, nuke Iran, and personally strangle every Democrat in the Senate with his own bolo tie, he's speaking the language of idiots everywhere, and they're listening. Now, Cruz is a smart and talented campaigner and a keen observer of people. I have to compare him to the other freshman senator who swept out of that relative obscurity on the pure strength of his ability to campaign and rode it all the way to victory. You know, he's the president now. And of all the candidates on on the Republican ticket, he's probably smarter than all of them put together, but that really isn't saying much. I mean, half of these motherfuckers if you put them all together, barely gets the IQ out of a comfortable room temperature. Damn, dog. In a probes. Sorry, I promised I wasn't going to make fun of the differently abled anymore. Look, what I'm saying is that Cruz is perhaps the best candidate in the Republican field, but would perhaps be the worst fucking president. I don't know, it's a toss-up between him and Trump. And he's already in the lead in Iowa, and he's within striking distance of Trump in New Hampshire. Winning the Iowa caucus has as much to do with winning the nomination as, you know, being the best at Neil Diamond cover at Kenny's Karaoke King in Grundy Center, Iowa, population 2,696, a roughly one Grand Central ticket queue on a summer Friday. The last two Republican winners of the Iowa caucus were Mike Huckabee and Rick Santorum. Both of whom went on to embarrassingly drop out rapidly after Iowa. And in any normal election year, Ted would be headed for a similar fate. But this year, this year, there's a giant orange turd in the Republican punch bowl. And all of a sudden, a rabid, tea-tarred, grandiose, self-promoter literally loathed by his party establishment is somehow preferable to the aforementioned tufted deuce floating serenely on top of the Republican polls. And let me tell you, friends, that deuce is not going to swirl gently into the good plumbing. It's going to skid around porcelain and leave the kind of mess you're going to have to tidy bowl before the next person can even come in the bathroom. What the hell is wrong with you, you sick bastard? I honestly don't know. I think I might be mentally ill. Or this Jameson is just finally caused brain damage. All I know is that Trump knows Cruz is on his heel and he's played the final card. The birther card. I I think I mentioned somewhere along the line that Trump was born in Calgary, Canada to an American mother and a Cuban immigrant father. I think I might have been mentioning that for months now. Well, now the Donald has gone there. You can't have a nominee who's going to be subject to being thrown out as a nominee. You just can't do it. (laughs) 
If you think I'm gloating at the weasel's misfortune, you should see the Senate Republicans. I mean, Mitch McConnell had to see a doctor because he had an erection lasting over four hours. And if I'm cavelling, they are positively dripping in gleeful malice while Ted stands there with a smug look on his face, but his weaselly little eyes are darting back and forth, wondering what the fuck just happened. I mean, he's probably going to win in Iowa because Iowa loves to pick a loser, but he's got to be a little worried that the story he's worked so hard to push off to one side is going to come back and bury him. And he really should have known better because all along, he's been the smartest kid in the room. You remember this little fucker from grade school, right? He always had the answers. His hand was always first in the air. And even the teachers got sick and fucking tired of calling on his smarmy ass because his tone when he did answer always sort of implied that they were somehow too stupid to know the answer themselves. The same kid who in high school got routinely dunked headfirst into the toilet by the football team, baseball team, basketball team, and the chess club would fume because he silently knew he was better than everyone in the school and someday he would show them all. And now he's in a presidential race with a 69-year-old version of all the dudes who kicked his ass all the way through school, including college, based on what I'm reading. And he's still using the same tricks to keep the Donald from shoving him into the locker live during a debate. God, that would just be fantastic, wouldn't it? Trump just picks him up and shoves him in the locker on live television, chucks his trapper keeper into the trash, and walks off with his arm around his supermodel wife. Because in the end, Ted will finally learn what all the other smart, nerdy kids learned in high school. Even if every man, woman, and child held hands together and prayed for us to win, it just wouldn't matter because all the really good-looking girls would still go out with the guys from Mohawk because they got all the money. Because even if Cruz does win in Iowa, it just doesn't matter. Trump is going to point and shrug to Santorum and Huckabee, and Cruz will go on to lose in New Hampshire. And after New Hampshire, it's anyone's game. Except, you know, for Bush, Kasich, Paul, Christie, Santorum, Furina, or Carson. Watching Trump pull the Bertha card on another Republican. Ugh. Oh. oh, oh! this is so good. It just has to be fattening. It's one of those moments of pure joy. A moment that has to just rival the birth of a child or finally getting to nail that hot ginger guy who works at the Wawa. You know, the one with the lip ring and a tattoo of Queen Elizabeth's flipping the bird? Call me Troy. For the past eight years, I've watched Republicans question the elected president of the United States on his ability to his right to be president on the most thinly veiled pretext of that they pretending wasn't racism all the while saying they were only interested in asking a constitutional question now we have a canadian born son 
born to a Cuban immigrant who had actually overstayed his visa in the United States before moving to Canada and finally acquiring Canadian citizenship. And there's some serious questions as to whether or not his mother had had acquired Canadian citizenship herself, which, I'm sorry, (laughs) you Cuban, Canadian, Canadian, born in Calgary, I would question that myself. Oh, Oh, it's so beautiful. It's so beautiful because here's this guy running on an anti-immigrant, anti-Latino platform, having his own bona fides questioned by the only asshat in the race who's a bigger huckster than he is. Oh, my friends, my dear, dear friends, this is the election I've been waiting for. It's the election the Republicans deserve. That is it for our show this week. We'd like to thank the band Hypnostate, as always, for the music and the openers. You can find their work on jamindo.com. Hey, do you know where you can find us? Sure, in a rundown bar by the railroad tracks. There's a table for two way in the back, but also we're on iTunes and Stitcher or wherever better podcasts are sold. You should subscribe, rate, and review. The show is on Twitter at the hell underscore podcast. You can find us on Facebook at the show name and all of the episodes are at www.whatthehellpodcast.com. Finally, for myself, Dave Bledsoe, and all the other fictional candidates who are campaigning to have their jokes included in the copy of this lame-ass show, we overheard a conversation your name was mentioned in, and they talked about hockey again. We didn't want to listen, but poutine was every word. Then Donald said some things you wish we hadn't heard. We'll see everyone next week. Kings. Podcasts.